Good afternoon and welcome to another AGIF podcast. Uh, this uh, afternoon, we're fortunate to have DJ Flanders, Senior Vice President of Truant International based out of Dubai to join us. Uh, good afternoon, uh, DJ. Hi, Eric. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, before we go into the details of tr what you're doing at Truant International, can you give us a background on your, your, your background and how you got into golf and how with Truant? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was raised in a golfing family, played uh, golf in Louisiana majority of my life. And uh, my parents had the foresight at a very young age to see that I wasn't going to be able to play golf professionally, but knew that I had a real passion for the game. And uh, my father turned me on to a university curriculum called Professional Golf Management Program, which is an accredited degree uh, by the PG of America, which enables you to kind of learn the business of golf while you're at school. So I went to Mississippi State University in the PGM program, and that gave me some great exposure to the golf business. Um, once I left college, I was very fortunate to start up at a Troon property in Texas as a head professional. And uh, since then, I've been able to move all over the world with Troon. I've been with the company for 21 years. Um, and uh, now in our corporate office and, and getting to uh, kind of be at the tip of the spear on, on growing our portfolio internationally, as well as engaging with our properties in 34 countries outside of North America. So um, quite fortunate with my career being with Trune. Fantastic. And, and uh, what uh, specific territory do you manage right now with Trune International? Is it the, the well, global property? Yeah, Troon International pretty much covers everything outside of the U.S. with the exception of Latin America. Uh, so uh, we have um, exposure in the Asia Pacific, uh, Middle East, Europe. So uh, and then all of the emerging destinations that we're starting to see opening up as well with Cambodia, Sri Lanka, India's booming. So it's um, it's just great to be a part of the growth of the game of golf um, with Troon. Great. Um, well, knowing that you, Trune has, is renowned for its strong operating processes, um, you know, with COVID-19, maybe you can give us an overview on what the key health and safety measures that have been put in place across the Trune uh, portfolio. Yeah, and that's a great question. And, and I would be more than willing to, ha uh, to, to provide any of our best practices to anyone who might be listening to this phone call and curious on, on what we've put in place. Uh, from a true perspective, we see this as a, a golf issue, not a management company issue. And we wanna be doing what is right for the game of golf. Um, because of our size with over 400 properties around the world, we do have a lot of uh, best practice idea sharing and a lot of people that have really overanalyzed some of these pre-opening procedures or reopening procedures. So happy to share those with anyone who might want that. So I wanted to put that out there first. but. In regard to health and safety, you know, obviously social distancing is, is a huge part of the new norm that we're seeing, at least until, um, you know, there's a vaccine that is available. So we're seeing a minimum of two to, two to three players in every group uh, just so that we can manage social distancing. Some courses are going walk only. Some are providing or allowing one golf cart, uh, but that has to be the same driver just so that there's a limited amount of contact between the amongst the players. The interesting thing in that regard is a lot of people have um, kind of increased their tee times to like 15 inter inter intervals. They used to be at 10 and they went to 15 because they were thinking that they needed that for social distancing. But our courses that have reopened have actually seen an improvement in pace of play. So they've gone from 
longer uh, distancing of tee times to actually shorter ones and still have been able to do that and keep their players safe. So I think that's something that your listeners might want to kind of keep in mind. Maybe start at one interval, but be prepared to adjust it so that you can get as many people on the golf course as you can and still be safe. We've also really tried to leverage technology. The, The most important thing is to know exactly how much volume is coming onto your property. So get away from doing walk-ons, try to make sure if you have an app technology to make tee times or a web technology to make tee times that you're making sure you're pushing everyone through that technology so that you can truly control what's coming in to your business. Uh, When we first reopened, um, we did see quite a few people trying to walk on. And what that does is it creates someone who's standing in front of the counter um, trying to find out about tea times when you have somebody that's coming in that had a tea time. So it creates a potential contact point between two guests that you really shouldn't have if you're really managing the flow of your guests. So I'd recommend leveraging technology and, and having some, um, some spacing there. Um, temp- temperature checks for both your guests and your associates uh, seems to be the new norm in most of our countries. And just to be clear, I'm giving you some very generalist generalist uh, responses here, but obviously we're in 34 different countries. So in some countries, these are required and some they're not. But just to give you an idea of some of the things we're seeing, the temperature check seems to be one of the, the new norms. Um, we have seen some governments require very uh, sophisticated technology. And then we've seen some where it's just a normal temperature check like you might see at the airport where someone puts it up to your forehead and they record that temperature. Um, Obviously the reduction of touch points through the golf experience, which I think most properties were probably doing fairly well before the closures of the courses that is still remained. So, you know, removal of rakes, um, not handing out amenities to the guest, uh, no cooler boxes, uh, not touching the flag stick, anything to reduce that uh, potential cross contamination between two guests is, is going to be kind of the new norm until that vaccine is found. Um, face masks, which obviously a lot of the Asia courses will be very familiar with and probably less bashful about wearing as compared yeah. to some of our other courses. Exactly. But we are, we are seeing face masks particularly being worn inside the clubhouse. There, it isn't as much of a, uh, a regulation on the golf course itself, but when players are showing up there, there is a desire to have them in face masks when they arrive. Um, and then from an F&B standpoint, we're seeing a lot of regulations on the amount of people or the amount of occupancy that you're allowed to have in F&B. Um, it varies from country to country, but it's generally between 25 and 30% of your business. So a lot of our clubs are really having to look at our seating plans and how we can spread out our guests to keep them safe while they're dining inside of the clubhouse. Um, and then also we've seen uh, takeaway become extremely popular with our clubs. A lot of people are just not comfortable coming in and, and dining at the club, but they would be comfortable taking things home. So once again, that's probably a best practice that if, if clubs are not doing a good takeaway program, it'd be worth looking into it, at least for the immediate future. Wow, that's a lot uh, a lot of uh, learnings that you got. The, just go back to your first point, it's quite interesting. So you've got less players in a flight and more spacing out possibly but you're seeing that the actual the actual hours per round is is shorter yeah in general 
Huh. Ironically, <laughs> and that's positive for the game. But yes. it's just it's um, all of our facilities that have opened up. Uh, they have seen an improvement on on pace of play through having less players in the group. So a positive for golf. And obviously, you've had to um, communicate with the owners of the clubs that uh, is a little bit of a new normal. Um, uh, how do you expect this? Do you expect this to be? A, a, a long-lasting change, or what do you think? Uh, I know it's early days, but um, do you think there is um, this might be a long-lasting type of practice as far as fl- spacing of flights and things like that? I, I don't think so. I mean, we're already starting. The UAE properties opened up uh, two weeks ago, the majority of them, and we're already starting to see a phase two coming from the government. Um, on, on loosening up some of those practices. So I do think it's, you're just going to have to, be, as an operator, we're going to have to be flexible um, and amend to whatever those requirements might be and, and to be prepared for it. Um, you know, in the United States, we're seeing very, very loose regulations. So nobody really knows what strategy is the right strategy. So I just think as golf operators, we need to work together. We need to communicate. We need to be flexible. And as I said, from a turn perspective, I'm happy to, to forward along anything that we have just to make sure that the golf courses are all doing the right thing for our golfers, which will keep all of our golfers and associates safe. Fantastic. I'm sure a lot of clubs would welcome that. So we'll make sure to highlight that in our communications. So um, in general, um, how your day-to-day general manager um, uh, at, at your facilities, um, how they manage their staff and, and everything during the during the lockdown um, properties during the lockdown or after we reopened well maybe before and now how did you manage the, the, the time and then also the transition into opening yeah very good question uh while we were closed there was a ton of training going on so we were leveraging te- technology very much like you and i are today uh, a majority of that um was about uh, enhancing cleanliness protocols um, we're seeing a lot of clubs really stepping up their cleanliness, um, putting a health and safety officer in place that maybe wasn't in place before, uh, eliminating maybe outsourcing the cleaning of the club, um, you know, bringing in people to clean the club at night, to actually having someone on your staff be responsible for that, because that has really become the most important thing. Uh, you know, in the past, it used to be agronomic conditions was the most, the biggest focus. I think through this uh, current epidemic that we have, health and safety has really gotten up there to the top of the list with agronomic conditions. So um, a lot of training in regards to that. Um, also, there's been a lot of uh, working on our, our relaunch strategies, our social media and marketing campaigns to make sure that we're staying connected uh, with our members and guests during these closures. You know, A lot of people are locked in so how can we engage with that? We saw chefs doing uh, cooking lessons. We saw you know, people doing, you know, reading books to kids from clubs, anything that you can do to just make sure that you're still engaged, doing fitness with them, so that you're still engaged, so that once you do reopen, um, that engagement is still there. Some of these clubs that have reopened have kept those in place. Like I know one club uh, had a quiz night that they did over Zoom where the, the uh, members could come to the club, pick up a dinner, go back home, which was like a pre-made pizza that they could put in the oven. Everyone put the pizza in the oven. They worked on the, they did the quiz night. They, the chef told everyone when to go grab their pizza and then they started up the quiz night again. 
once again, a way for a club to stay engaged. And that was, that was really key during the closure period. Once we went into reopening, it really was once again about uh, training on the new norms and making sure that our associates were, were doing the right things to keep themselves safe, um, as well as to keep the members and guests safe. Uh, and there's a lot of continuous uh, training with our associates to make sure that they're doing the right things away from work. Because at work, we can provide a, a safe environment for them and keep them safe and make sure they're washing their hands and you know, doing all the right things. But if they go home and don't follow those guidelines and potentially get in contact with someone and bring that back to work, that's a less than ideal situation. So we've really worked through training how important it is to keep themselves safe so that they keep the club safe so that we can keep the club open so that they can be gainfully employed. So a lot of training to answer your question. Fantastic. So I know you have a lot of clubs in their footprint, but uh, I know here in Singapore, people are just chomping on the bit to get back on the golf course. And it was very crowded to start with leading up to uh, the shutdown here. Uh, people are happily back on the course in Malaysia, Hong Kong, and Thailand just this week. Um, how has it been on the true properties? Uh, has, uh, have you had a good flow through since you reopened uh, in various different places? Absolutely. Without, without exception, every place has been busy. Um, which is good and bad. Uh, if you're not prepared uh, and your staff are not prepared, you could potentially be putting your associates and members and guests in a, in a bad situation. So um, definitely be prepared when you open for it to be busy because it's going to be busy. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, we're seeing a lot of new golf coming to the game. Uh, there's a lot of uh, athletes who or, or, or people who play contact sports who now don't have that that outlet and are choosing to either take up the game or come back to the game. So we're also seeing a big influx in, in teaching and, and on-course lessons and things like that too. So I, I think if, if as an industry, if we manage this well and we're all responsible and take care of each other, I actually think the game of golf uh, can actually really benefit through this, this epidemic period and, and have a lot of new golfers once we get on the other side, because people see it as a safe option to get outside and get some exercise. Now that's a really refreshing point of optimism that golf is a, a safe haven and, and, and by virtue of being a safe haven and a, a, a sport like that, it can gain, uh, gain new players. And the other side is if a club is, you know, within the club is managing itself well, it can, many of them can reacquire their sort of private club or safe haven status for social activities as well. Mm, absolutely. Oh, I think one of the strategies that we we did within our churn portfolio, and I'd recommend this as a, as a best practice for anyone who might be listening, but we kind of reopened as members only for the first week, just because A, it was a benefit for our membership, but we it gave us the ability to control the amount of people that were coming through the door. And almost without exception, we sold memberships during that period because there were people who wanted to play golf and were willing to just buy a membership so that they could join the club and play. Now, mind you, since then, we have loosened it up and we're starting to allow non-member play and member guests and all of that good stuff. But just opening up with that member-only uh, campaign to take care of our members and to be able to control the people that were coming into uh, the golf course and to be able to communicate with them on the new regulations, uh, it, it also became a very good member campaign for the clubs. So something to think about. Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting point. Um, as far as technology, you mentioned uh, uh, less touch points, et cetera. 
Uh, how do you think in your experience that uh, technology can help the industry post, uh, well, currently, now that we're coming out of or we're in this period of time? Yeah, I mean, we've, we're really seeing any way that we can leverage technology to eliminate the need for face-to-face -face contact is, is becoming the new norm. So uh, we have an app where people are checking in on the app. Um, we're even moving to a point now where they can prepay through the app, come in with a barcode, scan the barcode in the shop and walk out of the shop. The less time that they're there, the better. Uh, we're looking at ways of introducing retail into that app so that people can pre-book you know, balls or whatever it might be so that we can still sell uh, retail during this time frame. We're seeing retail is struggling because people, uh, you know, it's it's a touch point so that they don't want to try things on and, and they're a little less leery of that. So we're still trying to find a way that we can leverage technology to sell uh, that. The other thing is, is like for your practice facilities or driving ranges, uh, once again, that's an area that you want to be controlling your social distancing. So we're now looking at creating tea, tea times or tea sheets for the practice facility where people have to pre-book those slots through the app and then come out. But that gives us the ability to regulate who's there, know that there's not too much pe too many people there so that we can manage the spacing and keep every everyone safe. Um, and then third thing was through the app, you know, being able to buy your F&B and your takeaway uh, right onto the app and, and can have that ready to just grab and go where you're not having to stand around and potentially create co cross-contamination with an associate or a guest because it's a seamless uh, experience to be able to pre-book through the app for your food and beverage. So I definitely think technology is probably going to uh, grow in its presence through this phase, and I think it'll probably stay as we move on because people will see how easy it is to use this technology to enhance a golf experience. So the, the days of losing your your tee-off sheet between the check-in to the starter uh, hopefully will be over. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, that's exactly right. I and mean, that's another point. You know, another touch point that we're seeing move towards technology is like scorecards. You know, we're seeing more people using scorecards on their phones because they're the only one touching that versus cross-contamination of touching a scorecard. So all those little things are, are things that everyone's starting to look at now. Well, you know, before I let you go, I mean, you have any other key communication messages that you have for golf around the world and especially in this reopening period, uh, having gone through the reopening period? Uh, yeah. Messages? Absolutely. I, I, um, I am, um, you know, we have calls daily with our team around the world and we are getting more and more positive about the future of golf. It's been a very long slog for the last six weeks and um, you know, I know some countries were impacted worse than others, but I can assure you from a churn standpoint, we're seeing more positives and negatives now. Um, we're seeing that courses that do reopen are, are opening up with uh, pretty good revenue streams out of, the out of the gate, maybe not up to where we were budgeted, but are healthy enough to support covering payroll costs and, and, and hopefully most of your operating costs. And, and as we grow our business, and, and get more comfortable with our social distancing and how we can maximize revenues while keeping everyone safe. Um, I think the business is gonna be there to support us through it. Um, and I would just like to reiterate the point that from a Troon perspective, and this isn't just me speaking, this is anyone within Troon, uh, we understand that we have a responsibility as one of the largest operators in golf to do what's right for golf. And if we can support in any way uh, with any of our best practices or tools or anything, I'm, we're more than happy to share that to do what's right for the golf. That's what we should all be focusing on right now is doing what's right for the game of golf.
Well, DJ, on that generous and optimistic note, I'd like to thank you for your time. And as I say to all my interviewers or people I'm interviewing, I hope to see you face to face sooner than later. And uh, please uh, keep safe and um, thank you very much. Great, Eric. Thank, thank you so much. It was a pleasure being on. Hope to see you soon. Hey, DJ. Thank you.